What's going on, everybody? This is Nick with Vantage Point Podcast, man. Just want to thank y'all for being with us another week. Um, if this is your first time listening, welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us, whether it's on um, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, or any other uh, platform you listen on. And for everybody that's been rolling with us, thank you for coming back. Um, if you know, we've been in a series uh, called What is Love, and this is week three. And um, I'm bringing a special guest uh, today, uh, my sister, my friend, this is family, this is all of the above, all the way from Chicago, uh, Miss Tiffany Hine. So I'm going to let Tiffany introduce herself, and then we're just going to go right in with y'all. What's up, Nick? <laughs> Hi, everybody. My name's Tiffany Hines, and as Nick said, I'm from the best city in the world, Chicago. Thank you. The only <laughs> city in the world. Just Come saying. on now, as I look at our beautiful city right now <laughs> yes. um, but I am by I am a singer songwriter um, creative I am passionate about yeah just millennials and creativity and using my creative ability to reach people with the gospel and so by day I also um, work at a church here in the in the burbs of Chicago as kind of our volunteer teams director and by night, I am, yeah, uh, an artist and just pursuing all those things that God's just put in my heart creatively to do. So awesome, that's awesome. me in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so glad and, and excited that you are with us, Tiffany. And I know we talked a little bit kind of in preparation for this episode and the series. And um, like I mentioned earlier, this, this series about what is love, I just really wanted to take a different look, take a different view. I think there's so much um, going into the world, going on in the world right now, and that most people aren't really thinking about love right now. They're thinking about, you know, what did so-and-so say in their, in their IG posts or their Facebook posts, or, you know, what did they have on? Why are they voting for who and all of that? And so, you know, we won't go into all the political, um, everything going on in the world right now, but um, the topic of love is just something that you haven't heard much about, you know, this year, especially um, with with pandemics and everything. I mean, it's just been a year. Let's just call it what it is. It's oh, been yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, and even one. It, it has been one. And I remember, you know, people, um, 2020 is the year of vision, clarity, all of that. And now they're trying to hurry up and get out of the year of vision. But, you know, the one thing I've said is like, now we seeing each other real clear right now, like <laughs> probably too clear in some places. Like I didn't oh, know. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we don't know how to deal with that. And so God really just laid it on me. Like this is actually a series. I said it in part one that was supposed to happen next year, but um, he said, no, 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 no. They need to know this now. And so I, I wanted to bring you on uh, once I got that confirmation, because there's just, and I, and I told you, you just live your life out loud. And I love it because if it's one thing I know, just knowing Tiffany, at, you know, her love for God and for people is like none other, like it, it is, it is genuine, it is pure. And so I know, no problem, no problem. And I know she has a message for y'all in this ser in this episode. And so we just going to jump into it. And so, um, you know, like I said, it's, been, it's about what is love. We've talked about loving God, loving um, your neighbor, and then loving the unlovable, right? And so just give us a little bit like, you know, when you think about loving God, like, what does that mean? I know that's like a big question, but for you, 
um, you know, what you do and, and how you connect with, with, with people, you know, just what is that, how does, what does that relationship mean for you? Sure. So even when you were first talking about 2020 and, you know, 2020 vision and all these different things, I definitely grabbed hold of that, yeah. <laughs> of yeah. that theme for my life and that theme even for um, my role in ministry at my church was that a great time to just not be super busy with a bunch of things, but to really, really tunnel vision. And I had all these plans of how to lay that out for um, our church in this time. And then things completely changed. But I will say, even though it looks very different, I, I think God is still making things very, very clear. And I think a lot of us have come to a conclusion that the clouds are starting to kind of spread and we're starting to see what really matters and the things that we haven't put much attention to that needed to have attention to. And then things that we just really, really ha have not added to our lives have probably shortened our lives and, and really, really not given the value that I, that it needs. And so it's funny, even though our mindset, or I, I'll say my mindset has been with what vision was going to look like, it's that reminder again, like, oh yeah, I really don't have, like, I don't know how God thinks. <laughs> like he can't right, be right, figured right. out in this one facet of what he says, you know, and because we could really feel like we're on this really good traction of um, walking out what God wants us to do and, and all these different things. And he has just this way of just turning up yeah, and yeah, really, sure. really changing. So, and that's, and so, it's allowed me to even see in this year um, and open up the things, one, that have mattered and the things that I really, really was making a big deal and pointing to everyone else about, like, y'all need to change this and church culture <laughs> needs to do this. You know, we don't yeah, have yeah. time to do discipleship and all this different stuff. And then there were no events. Right. <laughs> Your church calendar, <laughs> it just went whoop and right. all these different things singing engagements, you know, they really, really went down and I'm still realizing, oh, but you haven't done everything. Mm, <laughs> you okay. still are, yeah. you still aren't pursuing the things that you felt so burdened that if you had more time, you would do, you know, if, if, if church culture wasn't so busy, then, you know, I'd be blah, blah, blah. And I'd be out in these yeah. streets doing this. And I had to have this hard, really hard reality that oh i'm the problem <laughs> so i'm the one that needs to do some heart work and come on that journey this during this quarantine yeah it was a harsh reality that god had to show me that you have had to reposition reposition your heart over and over again but it's because your perspective of what it looks like and what needs to happen for you to go and do what god's told you to do you kind of put it on everyone else and not that God isn't speaking and wanting us to stop being so busy with our country club culture sometimes mm, with mm -hmm. church, but there are some things that we're putting on everybody else. And, and God is like, you don't need that. Like you don't need um, a, a, a whole army of green lights for you to go and love and, and to, and to be what God has told you to be. And so, um, a few years ago um, at the church that I work at, we had this world-renowned um, speaker. 
I believe he's a pastor, definitely a speaker. His name is um, Bob Goff. And he Mm -hmm. has this book called Love Does. And it's just this constant reminder when it comes to God, his love has always been action. And and, and his words carry so much weight, but he is like the epitome of let your word, let your actions speak for your words. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, it's this reminder of, um, for, for me, I, when I was younger, I really would struggle with um, feeling like having emotions of compassion. And I felt like I wasn't that person. I, I didn't cry every time someone, you know, passed away or, or if I didn't know them. These, mm-hmm. these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would get kind of worried about it. I'm going to feel like, am I going to be like a sociopath or something? Like, I'm not <laughs> right, joking. Right. I'm wow. like, how come everybody else cries? Yeah. At the drop of a dime of anything. Um, and, and I don't. And a few years ago, I'm Craig Rochelle um, in Life Church in Oklahoma as well, correct? Yes, um, it is. He, okay. He did this series. Um, and I, I can't remember the title of the whole series, but it, he had this quote that I have, it has lasted me since then on. And I, and I think for the rest of my life is that he said, true compassion demands action. And so yeah, yeah. it, 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 it kind of gave me some freedom that one, I don't have to base my, my walk with God and what he's called me to do off of my emotions, because those change, they go up and down. But yeah if that's not how maybe I'm wired or maybe things have happened and, I, and emotionally, that's not something that gets me going, but thank God I have a compass of, there's a lot of emotional people that don't do anything with that, right. you know? Yeah, for sure. But it's this reminder like, Oh, if, if, if I really care about that, if I really want to have the heart of God, then it is a call of action and it, yeah. and it demands action. So um, that has been an initial place of reminder for me of how to be the hands and feet of of God is that it's going to re- require some action from yeah. me and to pursue that um, so that I know what kind of action that looks like. Yeah. And it's so good because even when we think about like God loving us, like it was all it's all action right every even it says he demonstrated his love he didn't say he thought about his love he 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 contemplated on his love no he demonstrated right that's action and um you know i think that's good like you talked about uh, like you said actions not words and and i think there's a lot of people you know that will sit and i for some reason when you were talking i'm thinking about those commercials that come on at two in the morning with (laughs) the people whether it's the little kids or the ASPCA commercial with the dogs and they just, you know, they're just the saddest looking dogs in the world, just out there in the cold and people will just sit there and be like, oh, it's just so sad, but they don't do nothing about it. They just sit there and, oh man, that's just, or you see somebody homeless and it's like, man, they they must got it rough. And it's like, get them a cup of coffee. And I think sometimes people think like, they don't do the action because it has to be, they feel like it has to be such a monstrous action I have to do. I have to do something so grand and so big that, oh, well, I can't do that, so I won't do nothing. Like, 
And so I, I wonder, like, when you think, like, why do you think people, and even with the quote, you said true compassion demands action. What are some things you you've seen from people or that you might think, like, why don't they act more? Uh, when it comes to those those kind of burdens for your heart, like what you know the the, the burdens of Jesus, like how yeah. how do we act on those instead of think on? Them? Why do you think people struggle with that? I can speak even from my own experience. I think a lot of times people here in the West, I, I can speak for us, we are really afraid for whatever weird reason <laughs> of of not being received well when when we have the least amount of persecution and so there are people that if they share the gospel in a different country that is not predominantly christian maybe it's you know buddhist or um islam you know and mm -hmm. they give their life to the lord they have a lot more at stake than we do but here we're we seem to be afraid but when we and and it and it's and I think that is definitely a smokescreen that the enemy has given us that we, someone like saying, no, thank you. Yeah. is not that bad. Yeah. Than someone sharing the gospel and being put in jail or sharing the gospel and losing their life in martyrdom for the kingdom. But I think that for whatever reason, we're afraid of how we're going to be perceived. Um, and that, that stops and hinders us from that. I think also somewhere along the line, even in, in church history, especially in the, um, the black church, if anybody here, um, it, it, that's my experience um, often in the black church is that historically um, are, are the people who spoke and led are, that were pivotal are our pastors in the community. So because a lot of people didn't have education, that, you know, that the church was a huge part of the movement you know back then and so as awesome and powerful as that is um i think sometimes we take some of those traits with us of you know the that's for the pastor that's for the leader to do and um we all like are ministers of the gospel and it looks in different ways so you don't have to have a you know a badge or a diploma or some type of certificate to be credible, to be yeah. able to share. And so taking that away from your mind that you're not adequate enough to share, um, then I think that we'll see that more. And then my yeah. last thought would be, um, I think subconsciously we don't understand the luxury and comfort that we've experienced even within our, within our Christianity here in America that we don't understand sometimes the weight of the grace and mercy that God has given us that it, it sometimes doesn't compel us. Like I've seen some other people, whether being like in a different country and they live, breathe, not because they're being like over deep, like, you know, too deep or anything yeah, yeah. else, but they cannot help but share like what God has done in their life because of this, radical transformation that they've had and so a lot of us we've grown up hearing about church we've been in you know we we've, we've at least like experienced it in some way now yeah. things are definitely evolving and there are a lot of people who couldn't tell you who jesus was here in america but there's a discomfort level that we sometimes like have to 
begin. I, I've had to, Lord, Lord, show me the weight of my sin because mm. I'm comfortable and it's and, and I'm just kind of chillaxing when this is a great thing that I hold that people like need to know about. And I like, I don't know why I can't always put my finger on this comfort level that like, I'm not going to lose my life for, for, for giving and sharing and loving that. And, and, and it may just be a start of giving and sharing coffee with someone, but whatever these things in our mind are of like, what it is to share the gospel of Christ, um, we get overwhelmed by it. And so we just don't do anything. Yeah. And I think, you know, to add to that, I, I think also, like, even when you're saying, like, share the gospel, and I think we get so locked in that that means I have to talk to people about Jesus. Right. And yes, that's a part of it. That that's, that's an option you can do. I mean, ultimately, you will have that dialogue. But sometimes that dialogue has to begin with an action. It has to begin with doing that. You said something very practical, buying a cup of coffee for somebody. I mean, I know for me, um, and I'll be transparent myself, like there are certain parts of town I go to that there's the same homeless person there every day. I see this dude. We, I wave at him. Like we say hi. Like we have <laughs> developed a relationship. But in transparency, I haven't done anything for him other than to say hi and give him a smile. Now I'm sure that's probably a little more than some people might do, but what could I do the next time I see him? Could I go? Cause I know he's there. He's there every day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, when I drive past. So, so now that I know this, could I do something practical, get him lunch, get him a cup of coffee and say, here, man, just, you know, God loves you and just want to take, you know, just do something for you. And I think for me, I, I know it was, man, I don't specifically with homeless people. I can only talk like in that specific one, but I, I just wouldn't give them money. And I would have a couple of dollars here and I just like, no, nah, they're going to do whatever they're going to do with it, you know, and all of that. And I, I, I struggle with that, but I had to get, get off of that because it's not about me. It's about, you know, and what action am I going to give? So I'm withholding the gospel of Jesus because of my own fear, thoughts, insecurities, whatever. But it was something you said. Um, you said understanding. You asked God to help you understand the weight of your sin. Yeah. And so you can't just say something like that. And then I don't, I don't like put a question <laughs> mark like, hold on, let's go a little bit into that one. So just go go into that a little bit. Go 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 and yeah. dive in. So I've grown up in church since I, I've been in church since I was three, but I remember making that decision for myself. I was about it was seventh or eighth grade that this was going to be my my life, like my relationship with God, and it wasn't going to just be because you know my mom brought me and my sisters to church every day, mm-hmm. and so I just grew up my my home even though it was a single parent home very sheltered um from a lot of things and not these very traumatic things that i could look at at least definitely not then and so um i think that over time you 
start to look at yourself, I was starting to look at myself of like, oh, I'm not doing that much, like, you know, compared to someone else's sin. And so the self-righteousness that I wasn't aware of for a a really long time that um, I, I was dealing with that. And I remember maybe three or four years ago, um, bec- I, I, I just felt like even thinking about God's grace and thinking about God's mercy, I just, it wasn't hitting the way that it probably should. And so um, I just started asking God, you know, I, I want a deeper relationship with you. I'm I've been in this in this relationship game with you for a long time, but I do felt I felt like in sense that, you know, you don't really understand because we again and and sometimes in Christian world we are comparing someone's actions or comparing sins. You know, uh, well that's the that's the that's a big sin, and that's a little sin, and really we don't really understand how God really looks at both, <laughs> the mm-hmm. same. He doesn't right. like either of them, and so. I just start asking God to just show me um, the weight of my sin. Show me the reason why you died for me. And so along that journey, just seeing, you know, him, him showed, show me, you know, these different areas like of my life where um, being prideful or um, again, like being self-righteous or seeing myself even battle with like, lustful thoughts but like not thinking about them a big deal well because it's not the actual action of it you know but but no that's not what god's word says and so um it, it just really humbled me and allowed me to see so that then i'm not looking also at other people um in a way that like that you don't realize you're doing it but yeah daughter you you kind of do think you're better you do think you're better mm. and even though you don't recognize it it's by the way how you um act um wh- about those things or like oh i'll i'll be here to help you but i'm straight and not receiving help those this these little different ways that you realize that like hey the same price that god paid for this person he has had to pay a big price for your sins and so yeah, yeah. it's just really helped me um to even when someone else, I feel that someone did something to me, it's like, and I'm, and I'm this great person. And I no, like, trust me, there's something in your heart and something that God is working through and, and had his son die for, for you. Yeah. yeah. Come on. <laughs> and so, um, it's just been, it's brought this humbling that I really do now feel like if I'm singing about God's grace and singing about his mercy um it just feels actually genuine now and not just something that i read about but him allowing me to see even me to see the fruits of the spirit and like how as beautiful and cute as it sounds like oh fruits of the spirit you know and tasty or whatever yeah, but sometimes yeah. as a kid we learn it and I, I remember this kid song um from like vacation bible school and it was like love is patient love is kind dun, 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 dun. And and it sounds so fun. But then I'm just thinking like every last one of those things that I have in order to receive that fruit, it is a cost. It is Mm. a hard cost to to, to receive the fruit of patience. It doesn't just come up on you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even to even with long suffering, like these things, like 
they are good things and they are tasteful things, but each and every one of them like comes with a hard price to pay. And it's like, you realize more and more like this, this Christianity walk, you know, it's not this shallow thing. And you start to see that there is a lot at stake at the price that God paid for you. And so it's like a lot of love, a lot of intention went into this. So yes, that's why I'm requiring lordship. (laughs) Right, right. There's a lot that went into this. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, that, you know, it's, it's crazy, because I I don't know. And and you said at the end of that, um, you know, it it requires lordship. And I I know I've been there. I think we've all been there at some point. If we've spent a day with Jesus, if you spend a day, you probably, you might still be there. But it's like, it's one thing for him to be your savior. Like you, we we can call that out in the heat of the moment, like, save me, like, but when he says, you know, I, no, I'm now I need to be Lord. And, and even when I, I, I mentioned it, I think uh, in uh, week one, uh, when we talk about the rich young man and he goes to Jesus, wants to get into heaven. And, you know, yeah. he's like, man, I've, and then Jesus lists all the commandments. He's like, oh, psh, I've been doing those. That's easy. Like, hey, I'm good there. Got it. Now what? And then he was like, oh, okay. So, you, that you know that and i've heard pastor mike say this is you know your salvation is the lowest level of your faith like that's the lowest level of your your christian walk and here's this guy and he's like man yeah don't kill you know don't sin yeah man i got all that i'm good right and then god literally and then jesus literally says okay well then sell all your stuff and give it away and then you can follow me then you can be my disciple. And, yeah. and the way the Bible says it, like this dude walked away just devastated. Strong, like Just <laughs> hope. And it's so crazy because that was the cost, right? So for, for a lot of people, you know, it's putting away um, other thoughts. It may not be possessions. It might be right. that lifestyle. It may be you not wanting to love people. You may, you know, um, I remember, and I, I said we wasn't going to go all into politics, but I guess I'm in for about two seconds. Mm-hmm. But I had a guy, so a friend of mine, he was like, what are you going to do if if the president gets elected again? And I said, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to praise God and I'm going to move on with life. I, I don't know right. what, I'm not in one of these, because, you know, we we know people, you know people, I know people that they have said, oh my gosh, if I don't know right. what I'm going to do. Yep. Weren't you just praising Jesus last week? What you mean? Right. You don't know what you're going to do. Like, and, and it's like these moments of, or people that are like dropping their friends like flies because they believe or they go, oh, I voted for da-da-da-da, or I believe in da-da-da-da, or I don't believe Black Lives Matter, or I believe all lies. And, and we just cut people off so quick. Right. But that that love that that God is talking about, like that demonstrated love, like he saw all of this in mind. Like this wasn't just, oh my God, they don't they don't love each other anymore. It's like God, it's like God is not sitting in heaven right now, shocked and awed about 2020. Like we might not be. We might be. And like we I can't believe they stopped being my friends because right. who I'm gonna vote for. But God is like, but they not connected with me though, in the way that right. they should. Again, back to the rich young man, like, oh, I'm good. 
but no, how do you love people? How do you, right. how do you love unlovable people in the moment they're unlovable? Right. And when you talk about, like I said, understanding the weight of things, understanding the weight of your sin, understanding that that fruit tastes good, but oh, there's a cost. And you, you, you said it right on patience. Like patience is, is at a premium right now, boy. Right. <laughs> and a lot of waiting is happening. Oh yeah. Of, you know, oh, we waiting. Just waiting. <laughs> Look, that weight in the water, like is we waiting for real, like we waiting. And so I, you know, when we think about it, because I know we also talked about like this, um, you know, this concept of love and demonstrated love, actionable love, like when you look at it generation to generation, it's like some generations understood it more than others. And I think we're all like this younger generation that that is coming up now. You know, it, it's a lot of um, I don't want to call it divisiveness. I think it's I think it's passion. I think it's emotion. I think it's what they what they sense in the world. And they're making their decisions on what they sense, what they see, what they what they taste, what they smell, you know. And I wonder, like, how for you, um, you know, when you talk to younger people, we, you know, our family knew, knew we know each other. We have they're all like in this 18 to 21, yeah. like 16, and the senses are all over the place. Social media is what they see on the news and everything. And so I wonder like if you could, if you like had a group of them just around you right now and they're listening to this and, and they're asking you, man, how do you love in this world right now? Like what advice would you give them? What would you tell them? I would say to anyone that is young, um, I think that if you can expand your mind even now that one, everyone is not American. I think a lot of things that are tied to our Christianity and how we love people is based on our culture. And it is not the end all, like this whole situation, even politically, um, yeah. there are certain things about it. I'm just like, I just cannot believe y'all really think God is a Republican or God is a Democrat. Like, that's he, like the craziest thing I've heard be, by far. <laughs> you're going to be shook when you find out, you know what I mean? That about oh, yeah, the things that he just sure. does not care about that we, you know, put a made premium on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I think that if you can expand your mind that already early, that people, there are people that think different than you and to stop trying to put people within a box that and think about the reason why you're frustrated with someone is because they don't think like you they don't have the same experience as you they maybe didn't grow up in the same environment they have their own traumas triggers victories failures whatever that have made them into the makeup that they are now but that you can really love people and listen and hear people where they are it is going to save you a lot of canceling in, in, in this cancel culture. Like as much as it's trying to build up right now, you, if you can learn that now to not just cancel people out that people mean well, but they genuinely have a different experience than you, then it'll teach you early, like how to love people that are, that are different than you. And I think that even for those that are, yeah, when I think about the 20 year old or 21 
um, your old that in, in this climate. Um, if I, 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 where I'm at now is that I just feel like there's so much of the same rhetoric over and over again. And I'm just like, there is no way that out of all the <laughs> people that are on this earth, that God has wired our brains the same. And it gives you this type of freedom and liberty that there is no way that if it's not this black and white thing, like in the word that, you know, he's giving us clear direction or like, we are just not all the same. And when you allow someone else to, to, to funnel through how God has wired them, what God has called them to do and to be, it allows God to be so colorful and, and creative in what his design is for us. And so to walk in the type of grace that allows God to be creative, I feel like it really enriches us. And because right now I feel like we're just kind of, we're all kind of starting to look the same, <laughs> talk the same, listen to the same things. Um, and it's because that's very intentional. That's what culture is, dri is driving. But there are these voices and, and it could be very you, like you have different ideas and you're fighting culture and you're fighting what is allowed and what is cool. Like, I just honestly do not believe in this. Someone could disagree, but I've been thinking about this, like, could God be leading someone to vote democratically? Yes. Could God be leading someone to vote Republican? Yes. And I think that is really hard. No, like the Holy Spirit is only going to say vote Republican. No, Holy Spirit right. is only going to say. <laughs> and I'm just like, first of all, both of these mugs lying in some, in some way. Everybody's got like nobody. I mean, it's, fully themselves. it's politics one on one. If you if, if you don't know <laughs> politics, it's politics one on one. They all lie to a degree. They all do. I mean, it they, does. No matter how wholesome you think they are. They all yeah. do. <laughs> and so, you know, I just think that I'm like, it, it, it just, I'm like, is it possible? I'm not trying to tell people what to do or anything like that. I'm just trying to provoke a question to think about. Is it possible that God could lead someone to vote this way and also at the same time lead someone to vote this way? Does that make God a divisive or confusion, a God of confusion? I don't think so. <laughs> um, can God lead one person to be in full-time ministry and preach the gospel and be that that way? And then tell someone else, like, I want you to go and your ministry is going to be in bars and in clubs. And that's where I want you to be stationed. For some people, they think that's really crazy that God would lead anybody, you know, to go and do that. But I think that I'm like, there are way too many people in the world for all of us to be in the brick and mortar of a building of, of a church. And so, oh, yeah, I mean, even like even when God did miracles and when Jesus did miracles in the Bible, he didn't do them all the same way. He didn't, you know, like to your point, everybody's journey is different. And if we were all going on the same journey in the same way, at the same pace, at the same speed, at the same time, we would be drones. I mean, we would ultimately be these mindless drones who have no free will. And, you know, and I think sometimes that's where 
religion falls in is people get so caught up in religion that what religion says to do and i think that's where politically you see that start to muck up the faith of people because i've heard the same thing like oh well i I was actually watching a video that basically was outlining why do so and and this is facts i'm this ain't nick making it up so don't don't be like nick you no go look it up i'll i'll post a link to the video but it basically said uh, and he almost asked the same question you he basically said exactly what you just said in terms of could god really be telling people to do both and he said most white evangelical christians almost always vote republican and most black evangelical Christians mostly vote, you guessed it, Democrat. So we're both following the same God, more or less. We'll, we'll, that's another topic for another day. But how can we both be so politically different, but yet follow the same teaching? Yeah. And it's so much more to get into that. But I, I think that's where, like you said, opening your eyes to a perspective, because what happened in 2016 might have shocked us all. But I can almost guarantee 99.999% who wasn't shocked. And that was and that was God in heaven was just sitting there like. Right. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm going to say. I'm going to give you that 0.1% and just add it on. Go ahead. Just throw it in there. Pretty sure. (laughs) Pretty sure that he was basically like, they don't get, they don't. And this is again, one of those things like where you talk about kind of getting into the depth of, of of God. And even going back to what you said about this year, um, because I know for me, this has been like a, a year where it was like, I mean, we always would say, like, all you have is, you know, this is, God is, no, like, for real? Like, if you was in any part of the country or world that was on lock, lockdown, like, lockdown, like, all you had was Jesus at that point, like, and and Netflix, like, that's all you had, but you sitting there being mad about being on isolation, mad about who's saying this, mad about what they didn't do or or did do or won't do or will do. But have you stopped? Because I think this was like this divine pause. Like every he, like when have you ever seen the world all focused on one thing? Like the world all stopped for the same reason. Yeah. Like the last time I saw this might have been 9-11, but that wasn't the world stopping. That was the United States stopping. Right. But the entire world all hung, we all like waiting patiently and and we're and you're now we're in these moments where we have to really assess how we treat each other how we love each other how do we unify not just as a country but as a world and as the as the kingdom of god how do we do that um and and it does start with having that open mind no matter what generation you're in um, because we we know just like we can talk about the younger generation going with passion and and their senses are really heightening everything they see, we yeah. can turn it around and talk about the 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 seasoned saints 
and their generations of convictions where they hold those things so hard where you can't tell them or, or you know, I've heard this, all cops are bad or all black people are this. Well, that's a generational sense that they hold on to. Um, and it's even funnier when you see a younger person try to hold on to older ideals that they know nothing about. Like you're trying to hold on to that racism and that bigotry that your great, 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 great granddaddy experienced. But you, you're in a different time now. Exactly. So God is calling on you to not do what your granddaddy did. He's calling on you to do a new thing and you to bring forth godly love in the way that the world needs right now. And so when you think about um, that divide, the divide in it, right? And we're going into this new year and people are just such in a rush to get out of 2020, but what can we do or what, what, we, what would you like to see? What, what would you like to add to, to society really to help people start to bridge that divide when it comes to, to that love being actionable? Like it could be practical things. It could be um, anything at all that you see, like the world needs this. Cause I think we all like what the world, oh, the world just needs love. Like, okay, that's back to just saying it, but right. <laughs> what actions, okay, great. What can we do? Um, and, and I think practical things, and you can go from it politically, racially, socially, economically, anything at all, like that can help us start to bring this together. Because like you said, it's not going to be, I mean, we could sit back and wait on leaders to do it. But if you're waiting on a certain house on 1600 Pennsylvania to do it, it doesn't matter who's in there. You can't put all your eggs in somebody's basket who's only going to be there four to eight years. And then you're going to have to rethink your basket all over again. And so what would you say, just kind of, you know, as, as we close out, yeah. just what are some things you would say? Um, I would say even you, you can't put all your eggs in the basket there. You can't put all that weight on your church leaders, <laughs> on your parents and those different leaders and authority figures in our life. But I think we all have our own circle of influence. And I think that it is a really great place to start with who are the people that are around you that you can impact, the people around you that you can serve, the people around you that can help you grow. And starting from those three areas, really, I feel like helps bring down the doubts, the, you know, voice of like, oh, I can't really make a big impact um, in any way. But what I feel really strongly about is sometimes we have it twisted of what, what God thinks greatness is. And greatness, I feel like God has called people to large platforms and to, you know, these big places, you know, that maybe a lot of people know their name, but I do think that there is a level that is greater than those things, even though God may be calling many to that, um, that, but, but what he's calling greatness and even what he's calling success in, in our, in, in his fear. And I, and, and just looking biblically from that, what I've noticed is that what God is calling greatness in this strong act of love oftentimes is like connected to suffering. And so we're not going to be able to get around that it's going to be hard. And sometimes we're going to suffer. And sometimes it's not going to feel comfortable us trying to pursue love. 
in pursuing how to be God's hand and hands and feet. And there's a lot of devastation, a lot of hardship that is happening. And if you, it, it can, I, I personally don't even look at the news very much. It can be overwhelming. And for, if you're a person that gets overwhelmed by a lot of just clutter, it can cause you to just not do anything. But when I start to just look at my circle of influence, whether it's dealing with matters of social and racial justice, whether it's dealing with starting, um, I started like this millennial creative group and just in my home because I saw a deficit of a lot of us be up and down emotionally. If we're creating, we're feeling great about ourselves. If we're not, we're doubting our entire existence. All these, we have like a place that God can start us in. And if you just look around yourself, whether that's writing down three to 10 people in your life that you can pour into that maybe you know, you know, I love my brother, I love my dad, but the things that come out of their mouth, <laughs> you know, it just, yeah. it's not godly. Um, and they're professing to be Christians, oh, or maybe they're not Christians, but um, it's not necessary. It's not what God's design is. And you have the access, you know, as a believer, as an ambassador of Christ, as a represent, as a representer, that second Corinthians five twenty that God is, he is using us to make his appeal of the gospel. That's a responsibility. And that is not just responsibility. That is your purpose on yeah. this earth. You know, Come on. it may be through preaching, rapping, singing, accounting, whatever it is, but it is your purpose is to, you got to figure out what that lane is that God is called, is telling you to make that appeal in and then work that circle of influence and watch God increase that. He, he knows if you have social anxiety, he knows if you, you know, pretty much have written, I'm an introvert and tattooed it on your heart. He knows yeah. if you, I just love people, whatever the thing is, he knows those things, but he's still calling us to to something and that he is just not this God that just throws us out there alone, but he yeah, yeah. definitely is like, Hey, you have people, your neighbors around you that need to know that, that, that you can influence. And whether you're 15 years old, like I'm telling you, like you, it's not about like, when you get older, you're going to make an impact. I'm guaranteeing you that God has given you people in your life right now that you can influence and you can be hands and feet of love to help someone else experience who he is. And um, this, um, when we were talking earlier um, about, say if it's just that cup of coffee and oftentimes when the scripture about your gift will make room for you, a lot of times we're like our talents, you know, and, and yeah. stuff like that. And I do think that God totally uses those talents and gifts. But I also, um, I remember my pastor, she um, said this and that, hey, your actual physical, you going and buying and gifting someone also makes room for you, like within another interpretation of that, of that scripture. And when I think about even that, when we are just not trying to figure out, like, I don't know where to start, start with a gift. If you know, if you, it could be when, if you're in middle school, bringing an extra bag of chips to school or to after school care, whether you're, you know, an adult in the workforce, it may be, even though you may not see your coworkers right now and you have the, you know, Apple iPhone, the best phone in the world, um, 
<laughs> you can text right from your phone sharing a cup of coffee you know these different things it god he's so like he takes our little natural act and yeah. then he puts his supernatural on it and this is it's like the modern day fishers of men he fed yeah. them first and then hey let me show you how that you won't have to let me show you how to be fishers of men that you don't just yeah. have to go and catch this one and so I think that these practical things and that, that Jesus has always shown in these practical parables that we can do small things that make big impact and it grows and it grows and it grows. Yeah. I, and I think that that is so good. And I think that, you know, um, those, it's those little things. And I, when you were talking, you, you know, you talked about gifts and, and doing those and just giving things, little things, right? It opens, like you talked about it, making room for you. Like it legit will make physical like room for you. It makes a space, a niche for you to step in and engage with someone. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and, you know, we talked about it earlier. Like it's not always like the action of showing God's love and showing his gospel is not always tied into let me tell you what's said the like i think yeah. we get too wrapped up into that and yes and that, that will happen he'll yeah. do that he will but, give you a word oh, yeah. to somebody and they're like excuse me how did you know any right. of how that did you about know me? that right <laughs> like it's not about because we if, if you've evangelized at all we know like as soon as you start spitting out scripture you know people no wait stop you know, but it's how you do it, right? And God will, yeah. like you said, use the gifts, use those things. And so, man, Tiffany, um, thank you. This has been great. Like, we could talk about this all day, like for yeah. real, for real. And talk about, you know, your gifts making room for you and your spheres of influence. Um, I'm gonna let you share with everybody about your sphere of influence, your podcast, um the single awkward life podcast and so i'm gonna let you just tell everybody about that before we get out of here and uh let them know how they can get connected with you okay sweet so thank you nick and thank you for um, having me on your platform and he's been super supportive of this new endeavor so um so in addition to doing music i recently in september started a podcast and it's called the awkward single life and so um i again wanting to it use it i i noticed it's, it's become like this passion slash frustration project <laughs> that kind of got birth of i just felt like a lot of single men and women men don't um, don't have the same resources that some of us, you know, have been given. And even in that, oftentimes it's kind of targeted in a way that I'm like, as great and sexy as that sounds, I'm pretty sure that that doesn't work for everybody. You know, even though you're marketing it this way. And um, I just felt like, what about people that are in their 40s or who have been divorced, who have been widowed, who are, who are maybe in their 50s and 60s, but still desire um to learn and to grow uh, and to have a different perspective and just different resources and be added into the conversation of their single life. And so 
from just observing my life and then even family members and friends lives I this podcast that at first was really just trying to do a panel and it was like how do you fit so many things <laughs> into a hour and a half panel and God just hey you're gonna do a podcast and um so, okay, we're going to do this. I know nothing how to do <laughs> to do a podcast, but yeah. it really, really has been really great to hear from different perspectives and stories and so much more to come. But it's the Awkward Single Life podcast, and um, we're just getting started. I We just put out, we, I, with other friends and stuff um, that come along, um, put out our eighth episode, and it's every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, yes. And so, so you can find me um, on Instagram at Tiffany Hines Music, or um, you can, my website is tiffanyhinesmusic.com and my IG from there, you'll be able to see how to get connected to the Awkward Single Life and all those other things as well. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, like uh, like Tiffany said, man, go and check out her podcast, whether you're single. I, I guess, I mean, I I'm married, I listen to it, so everybody. I get a lot of married people, it, a lot of men too, like, yo, this podcast is like wow. so much life. So yes, it's targeted. It, it's a lot of intention that yes, you know, there's a space, this thing for singles but I'm telling you it's is crafted definitely in a way that it's not just for single yeah. people you know we're still sure. individuals working and needing to grow you know in our lives yeah. so yeah totally awesome so uh Tiffany Hines music on Instagram single awkward life podcast go check it out awkward. like awkward <laughs> single life sorry awkward <laughs> <Okay>. um <laughs> rate review um apple spotify and google podcast correct right awesome mm -hmm. awesome well once again tiffany thank you so much um this is like i said it's been a blessing uh not just connecting with you only not just that but just be getting able to have you on and, and let and let you share and god is is literally doing something um and so it's been a pleasure and for everybody listening um, thank y'all again for rolling with us. This has been Banish Point Podcast. We'll see y'all next week.